This is Review and Preview on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Russo and Fonz DeFalco here in the studio. No James Montefusco tonight. A quick reminder, you can tune in and listen to our live show on liuwave.org or you can watch us on Facebook Live on my Facebook account. If you want to call in with any questions, thoughts, comments, feel free to chime in at 516 299 2030. We do have social media on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow. Look us up at Review and Preview. And of course, subscribe to our podcast on the Anchor, anchor.fm slash Review and Preview. Fonz, uh, you actually took a two week excursion to the other side of the globe. Yeah, I went to Japan uh, the past two weeks. Went to Tokyo, Osaka, Kobe, Nara, all over uh, with a couple of my buddies from high school. We planned it out for a year and we finally went through with it. It was an amazing time beautiful country great experience went to the rugby world cup usa lost but it's all right i saw a blast uh but i'm glad to be back glad to be back here it's been two weeks and uh catching up on some sports and i'm ready Ready do they have good food there oh yeah yeah i ate i ate pretty well over there what's the signature dish well i'm not really into fish with a lot of different sushis but i did have kobe beef there and it was never heard of that kobe beef it was sounds sounds fire it was probably the best meal i ever had and you're rocking the Jarvis Landry jersey as well. Now, yep. you may wonder why Fonz and I are wearing our clothes backwards. Well, Fonz lost in week three and week four of our quick picks. He is fulfilling the week three punishment. Yep. I lost in week five this past week. So, hence, me and Fonz were granted the same punishment, Kyle. Still have to make up for one, too. Thanks. Oh, you picked the, you picked no, the punishment? No, you're welcome or anything? <laughs> or? You're welcome for what? What? Well, then again, James did pick these punishments. So oh, Kyle that's right. So thanks, James. I didn't it. pick these punishments. <laughs> He's going to pick James. my week four punishment. <laughs> All right, guys. We, we almost had you wear a mustache from a wig. Hmm. A little bit interesting. So let's get right into things. We're going to run down the show. Uh, we will talk some MLB playoffs, of course. The Nationals, Cardinals, Yankees, and Astros are the four teams that remain. We'll talk about the American League first, followed by the National League. Then we'll quickly... Highlight some MLB news. We will review and preview the college football rankings in this week's upcoming games. We'll talk about Giants, Jets, NFL news, and our quick picks tonight. A lot in store, folks. So let's get right into it. Game one of the ALDS featuring the Houston Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays. Of course, the Rays won the wild card game over the A's. Uh, The A's, a very questionable decision throwing out Manaya, a guy who has not... Pitched a lot this season, but the Rays advanced and they drew Houston. Game one, as expected, went as planned. Altuve hits a home run. Justin Verlander, seven innings, eight strikeouts. Astros win six to two. Um, and then the Astros won game two as well. Garrett Cole blew my mind. I don't know about you guys, but 15 strikeouts in seven and two thirds. That's That's unheard of. Very impressive what he's, I mean, stepped up in the postseason right now. Very impressive what he's been doing so far. Kyle, you got to be uh, a little uneasy seeing that uh, against a Tampa Bay lineup. That's uh, It's expected. 
it's expected. You know, Garrett Cole is up for the Cy Young. He probably will wind up coming home with the Cy Young Award, obviously his teammate in competition with him. But Garrett Cole, I believe, finished off the season with around 320. Verlander was the only other pitcher to reach 300 on the nose. In the strikeout column, they have about the same amount of wins, but Garrett Cole has been a fantastic pitcher since coming to the Astros. And, uh, yeah, obviously, listen, 15 strikeouts, that's scary, but, I mean, this 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 Rays lineup, they they have a couple bats, but after that top... Couple. Yeah, they have a couple. After that top one through four, it really it slumps off a little bit. It slumps off a little bit, but they still get 15 strikeouts in a game over seven innings. That's, that's unbelievable in a playoff game. This team took Houston to their limits. They went into game three down 2-0 back at their home stadium where, let's face it, the Rays don't have many fans. I mean, they're averaging 15,000 a game on a 10, and that's, that's, that's not horrible. good. One of the lowest, or is it the lowest? It, it is, is the, the lowest. lowest. Yeah. And this team is in the playoffs. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and the lineup isn't bad. They well, acquired Travis Darno from the Mets midseason. Their rotation is very good with Snell, Morton, Glasnow, Chirinos, Yarbaugh, and I guess you could throw McKay in there. They acquired Sogard. Uh, they got Choi recently, who was doing great. Austin Meadows, the DH, fantastic young player. There's a lot to be excited about for the Rays. Uh, in Game 3, they showed why they belong. Charlie Morton took the mound, unhittable nearly, uh, nine strikeouts in five innings. He got the win. And then the Rays go deep four times between Choi, Brendan Lowe, Kiermaier, and Adams. Granke did not look good. Uh, Kyle, this was Granke's one start in the series. And obviously, he took the loss here. Are you concerned for Zach Granke heading into the ALCS where he's going to have to face that powerful Yankees lineup, and how so? Uh, I would be concerned if I'm him. And, and, again, this is not me being a biased Yankee fan, but, again, that one through four, one through five, where you have your Austin Meadows, your Tommy Pham, uh, Travis Darno, you know, those are your top bats. And you look at the Yankee lineup, and we talk about it all the time, the Yankees one through nine, it's basically you just got to accept who you're going to make, uh, make the mistake to. That's just basically what it is. I mean, there's any there's any hitter one through nine that could take you out of the ballpark. It's just it's going to be one of them, and especially because game one tomorrow, Granke is starting in game one at home, nonetheless. I mean, that's a very impactful game because we saw in 2017 when the Yankees went up against the Astros. Astros had home field as well. The Yankees couldn't win uh, at Houston, but they had no problem winning at home. So Zach Granke needs to get it together. Well, unless they're going to be down 1-0 starting tomorrow. Yeah. Well, if I'm Houston, I also am concerned because in Game 4, Verlander got the start on short rest, and he didn't look good either. Uh, the Rays got to him. He gave up four runs and seven hits, and this brought it to an ultimate Game 5 where Blake Snell, by the way, got the save in Game 4, where Garrett Cole was on the mound for Houston. Great eight innings, ten strikeouts, and... Garrett Cole has been the best pitcher in the postseason so far, in my opinion. Uh, he has been fantastic. A combined 35, uh, 25 strikeouts in two starts. You are averaging 12.5 strikeouts a start in the playoffs. Yeah, after a long season like that and you're still able to produce at a high level, Yeah, very impressive with him. I'm impressed, and that's the reason why Houston 
moves on. Brantley and Altuve go deep. Altuve, two home runs in the playoffs already. You know, it's really it's great to see him back healthy, guys. Uh, this guy is, is part of the glue to this lineup. Are they still without Bregman, Kyle? No, they, they have uh, Bregman. They have they him have back. Bregman. I know they were missing him for a little bit as well. Uh, I, I know he's a big power guy, so they're going to need him, Altuve, Brantley, who's been fantastic this season, and then Glass now on the mound for the Rays. Just couldn't do it in Game 5. Very unfortunate, but a great season for Tampa Bay. I think they made a lot more noise in the postseason than some may have thought. Yeah, and definitely. Kudos. Definitely. I expected them to be a sweep, maybe four games at most, but the force of Game 5. And, I mean, they, they really played almost a complete baseball game. Besides that first inning, they only held – they still held the Astros to only two other runs besides that pretty bad first inning. I mean, it, they still competed, but Garrett Cole, again, like we were talking about, pitched eight innings in this game, ten strikeouts. It was unbelievable. Why, yes. So, the Yankees win game one in the ALDS, 10-4. to four against the Twins, a very beatable team. Paxton got the game one start, as I said he would a month ago, and there he is out there. He was okay. He didn't go five. He got rocked a little bit, but he did strike a lot of guys out, and the Yankees' bullpen came up clutch to hang on for the win. And I've got to say something. DJ LeMahieu has been fantastic. He has been the most consistent contact bat in that lineup all season all season yep in my opinion he's been the most consistent contact bat in all of baseball yeah. this season yeah he's up for the uh i believe he's still up for the MVP. al uh al mvp and now that trout got hurt and was basically shut down mm-hmm. for the season it, yeah i don't really see who else can go in there and win it for mvp right. besides lemayhew because lemayhew finished off the season i believe like a 320 batting average yeah going down yeah i mean realistically he finished second in the American League with a 327 average, 26 homers, 102 RBIs, just 90 strikeouts. Yeah, he should win. Yeah. He should win. Um, it also speaks volumes to who he is because you see him. He doesn't get riled up and excited when he makes plays. He just makes plays. That's part of the game. Brett Gardner also has a hot bat like he's had for the whole second half of the season. Giancarlo Stanton, great to see him back in the lineup, drawing three walks in this game. Uh, Berrios was not good in the four innings that he played. The Twins did hit some home runs, but Paxton got the job. The bullpen shut the door, and the Yankees' offense put up ten runs. Game two, a little bit easier. Tanaka looked great. I don't know what it is. In the regular season, Tanaka's hit or miss in the postseason – a light switch just goes off in his head. Can you break that down and why you think that might be? Uh, just, I mean, it shows to you what type of player he is. You know, when it's all on the line, that's when it really matters. Obviously, you have 162 games in a season. Uh, pitchers only getting about 20 starts a season, maybe 25 starts a season. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you said, Tom, when it comes to the postseason, I, I don't know what it is, but Tanaka is one of the best pitchers in all of baseball when it comes to the postseason, and it continues to show. And hopefully continues to show. And I think what really set the stage for this game was Didi's Grand Slam. Oh, yeah, that was it. That was it. We're um, talking about a guy who's missed, who missed the first two months of the season. Clutchest hitter. Clutchest hitter right there. And, you know, I've got to say, like, he is my favorite Yankee. Like, I, I like watching him play. Uh, 
not only is he good at, uh, from a hitting perspective, but Fantastic he's good with his glove. Yeah. yeah. Love to see it. Twins only had six hits in this game. You're not going to win playoff baseball with six hits, granted especially against the Yankees. Game three, Severino on the mound. He was okay. You know, this is a good sign. These are your top three pitchers in the postseason. The concern is who's your fourth starter because yeah, German is done. Yeah, after the You're not going to see him again for a long time. Yeah. So the only other options are Hap, CC. I mean, realistically, if the Yankees were smart, it would probably be Chad Green. But where where do you see that headed? Uh, I see them running with a three-man rotation. And I see each each pitcher probably giving you about five innings, and then you start bringing in the bullpen. Yeah. And hopefully that works. I mean, you, you see how Garrett, uh, Garrett Cole could go seven, eight innings. You saw how Verlander could go seven, eight oh, innings. Yeah. But then you also saw how Granke could get shell-shocked and how Verlander <laughs> got shell-shocked. And so you're hoping that, especially with this Yankees lineup that, like I said, could take you out of the park at any moment from one to nine. You're hoping that that does happen in that case scenario. But uh, they're also running a three-man rotation, too, of Verlander, Granke, and uh, and Garrett Cole. But, uh, yeah, that'll probably be it. I don't, I don't think I – don't, I don't see any other star Miley. getting the start. Wade Miley. No, he's not. Uh, they announced the starters. They say Granke's – 14 wins, and he's not going to be in the starting rotation for Houston? No, they say Granke's getting game one and game four. Uh, Verlander is getting game two and five, and then Garrett Cole's getting game three and six. So then Miley will come out of the bullpen. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Um, before we get to the National League, I've got to say one thing. The Yankees had the most impressive first round out of any team. One, two, three, done. Every other first-round series went to that fifth and pivotal game. And that's not somewhere you want to be. Yeah. Whether early. if you're home or away. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're the Nationals and the Rays, you would love to see. You would love to just get to a game five. What? Crazy how uh, the cookie crumbles sometimes in baseball. Yeah. I Listen, me personally, I thought the Yankees series was going to at least go four games. I think uh, Rocco Baldelli kind of handed them a game. I was very surprised that he started Randy Dobnak, who's a reliever, instead of starting Jake Odorizzi in Game 2. I thought that would have been a complete game-changer. I was very surprised that he didn't get the start, especially because Jake Odorizzi is their second-best pitcher. So to start a reliever in his place in that mm. Game 2 situation where you're already down one nothing, I don't get that, but whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. They're going to go on to play the Houston Astros. And we'll talk some National League now. The Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals, to my knowledge, haven't made an NLCS before this year since 2014. So it's been a while. Yeah. Yep. Braves won games two and three. After the Cardinals won Game One, yeah. In Game Two, the Braves blanked them three nothing. Fultonavich looked great. Cardinals had just two hits, 
And it was a shame because Flaherty threw a gem. He went seven, eight strikeouts with the three runs and eight hits or what. He had one. He, he really, he just had one bad pitch, Kyle. That's what happened. It's crazy. One play changed the whole atmosphere of that game. It changed the whole atmosphere of the series. Game three, well, not really, but at that time, one may have you thought. You were thinking that right. to change it be a pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. It did cause a swing because the Braves go and get game three with Mike Soroka on the mound, who has been a gem this season. I believe he's a rookie, actually. Uh, the seven innings, just one run and two hits. Sean Newcomb, another uh, decent young pitcher who comes out of the bullpen for them, gets the win. Melancone with a save. The Braves acquired for those three uh, those three relievers this season. Melancone, Jackson, and Shane Green. They really made the most noise at the deadline besides the Astros with the Granke acquisition. Mm-hmm. Bolstering their bullpen. That's what they had to do to get in. Wainwright was on the mound, but again, wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. He couldn't get run support. The Cardinals could not provide any offense. And then all of a sudden, Game 4 comes along. Cardinals backs against the wall. Extra inning game. They survive. They win 5-4. to four. Behind Ozuna hitting two home runs, a Paul Goldschmidt solo shot, and then Keuchel got out of the game quick. This was a game where it was really back and forth, and... I think this is where Atlanta slipped because now you give the Cardinals a sign of life heading into game five, and then the bats just explode. Ten runs in one inning in the first inning of the game. They made up for all the runs they should have scored in game two and three in that one inning. Perfect timing for them to get it right, literally. Yeah. That's – I don't understand if you're the Braves – I mean, I know Fulton Avich had a good game, too, but he's been one of your more inconsistent pitchers this season where you had a guy like Max Fried who came in relief. Yeah, he gave up three runs, but at least he was able to get out of the inning. It just didn't make sense, this uh, decision by Atlanta to start Fulton Avich in Game 5. Well, I wouldn't have started a reliever in a Game 5 go-home game. That would have been my thing. I... I probably would have just had uh, Soroka come in, even on short rest. I mean, that's what obviously the Nationals did because they didn't trust their they didn't trust their bullpen guys. Yeah. And Fulton Avich had an okay season, but that's who they thought was uh, their best guy to go out there. But obviously not. And Flaherty was not going to lose again. No. Eight strikeouts in six innings. Edmund was great. Uh, he's been a huge, huge X factor for them. A double, a triple, two ribbies in this game. Like I said, Cardinals score 10 runs in the first inning. You know, I was sitting at home watching the game with my housemates. They just got out of class, and Fulton Avich lasted a third of an inning. That was the shortest start in Atlanta Braves history. Yep. It was the most runs scored in uh, a postseason first inning ever. And you want to know what the best part was? Three of those runs were walked in, and another run scored on a wild pitch. Zero home runs out of the runs. Yeah. Zero. Fultonavich gave up seven runs in that first inning. Six of them were earned, but only three hits. Yeah. That tells you something right there. He should have not been on the mound. He wasn't ready. Plain and simple. I mean, it's hard because, I mean, he had his normal rest because he went game two, but 
He played well in game two. He only allowed three hits in seven innings. My so. thing is it's do or die, and you know he's been up and down this year. I just I wouldn't take that risk. As we're Jack Flaherty, that's an easy decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Braves go home. We move on to the Nationals and the Dodgers, a very entertaining series. Dodgers win game one, then we head to game two. Strasburg is on the mound, 10 strikeouts in six innings. The Nats win game two. Clayton Kershaw, I mean, we'll talk about his game five outing of relief, but game two was not himself. I don't know what it is. He doesn't show up in the playoffs. He's never had more than one win in any playoff series. That's your $100 million man right there. $100 million for a guy who can't win in the postseason. And he's only 31. It feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. It's the same result every time, too. Yeah. Literally just in the playoffs is a completely different player. I'll never understand it. But, I mean, arguably the best southpaw in the game. Oh, definitely. It's just... It, it just hurts when you can't get it done when it matters the most. I'm not sure who brought up this reference, but somebody texted me this week at work saying the Dodgers are the Tampa Bay Lightning of the NHL. So good every year. They always win over 100 games. They're always in the postseason. Always a favorite, really, when you, you know. And they lose. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw had his highest ERA ever this season at 3.03. Wow. That's his highest ERA ever at 3.03, yeah. which is still below average. I mean, above average. Right. So, although the Nationals won Game 2, the Dodgers did come back to win Game 3. They won 10-4. to Hinjin Ryu was on the mound. He was okay in five innings. Gave up two runs, four hits. Muncy and Turner gave him great support. Max Muncy, his bat in the series was fantastic. Yeah. And Martin had four RBIs for him. The Nationals, they got they got what they wanted out of Anibal Sanchez. The nine strikeouts in five innings, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Patrick Corbin came in relief. Going to give up six runs. That's not going to cut it. That's your number three starter right there heading into the NLCS. And it's definitely concerning to see. Mm-hmm. I understand you're playing against the Dodgers, but now you're at home. I'm pretty sure they had a lead in that game, actually, in game I think three. they were leading 2-1. to one. And this Juan Soto kid, this kid's 20 years old, you know, celebrating with champagne, can't even legally drink. <laughs> and does. he's hitting these home runs. Yeah. It's insane. Yep. Game four, Nationals... Down two to one, win six to one. They force a game five. Scherzer was great. Zimmerman had a home run. Rendon with the three ribbies. Justin Turner, another home run in the series in the loss for the Dodgers. But I've got to say, all these years, Ryan Zimmerman, he's been through a lot of losses. Yeah. A lot of instances in the playoffs where other teams have been celebrating on his home field. He's still there. Bryce Harper came and went. He is the true leader of this team, if you ask me. He's a veteran, the longevity. Yeah. How, how long has he he's been there for? He's pretty much been there since the Mets had David Wright. We're talking like yeah. 2004. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was drafted back in 2001, and they're from a similar area. Yeah. Because uh, Zimmerman did go to 
UVA, mm-hmm. and he's from North Carolina. So similar yeah. town, uh, stayed away from David Wright because he's from North Carolina. He's 35. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see what the future holds for him, but you know, as much as you despise the Nationals as a Mets fan, it's great to see a story like this where a guy who's been losing his whole career can no, finally no, win a playoff series. This is the first series the Nationals have won ever. They yeah. haven't won one since they were known as the Montreal Expos, led by uh, former Yankee Nick Johnson. <laughs> Pedro Martinez. Yeah, that's uh, those were some good times for them. And then moving down to D.C., um, yeah, game five, ten-inning game, Nats win 7-3. Game is, well, the Dodgers are up 3-1 to one in the eighth inning. Kershaw gives up back-to-back home runs to Rendon and Soto. Terrible. Terrible. Walker Beeler was in this game. He was pretty good. Six and two-thirds, seven strikeouts, just the one run. <sighs> I don't know what was more questionable by manager Dave Roberts, Kyle. Putting in Kershaw in the eighth, which tie the game 3-3, or putting in Joe Kelly? In the ninth I, inning? I was thinking about that for a long time because you never like to blame the player. And, and Dave Roberts has been questionable before, but Clint Kershaw, I get it. He's a starting pitcher, not a relieving pitcher. But why would you throw back-to-back fastballs to the guy with the best batting average in the league, first off, in Rendon? Mm-hmm. And then to, again, a kid in Juan Soto who you know can take you out of the park as well. That was back-to-back pitch. He threw two pitches against both those guys. That was the pitch he decided to throw. Doesn't make any sense to me. And then Joe Kelly, the Joe Kelly situation, what doesn't make sense to me is that he pitched a beautiful, uh, I want to say he pitched a beautiful ninth inning. He did pitch in the ninth inning. Why would you then put him back in for the tenth inning? And the answer to that is because they don't trust Kenley Jansen. Otherwise, there's no reason why Joe Kelly should have even been in that tenth inning. That's a very good point you made. Def- no, I definitely agree with you on that one. Yep. And then they go to Kenley after they're down by four runs. Yep. And he shuts the door. Well, what can you do? Muncie and Hernandez also hit home runs in this game for the Dodgers. Is Dave Roberts safe? Yep. Yeah. They announced I, it I today. So too. They announced it today that he's safe. Yeah. He's, he's not going anywhere. But, unfortunately, and I say that because his management – I mean, this is the worst manager I've seen for the Dodgers in a while. I can't blame him that because when you look at the managerial standpoint, go up, go up top, right, to the GM, right? Your GM is investing all this money in Clayton Kershaw for the right reasons, but knowing that he's not a good playoff pitcher, ultimately that's what led you to this loss. I don't care that you can't that – you, that you're not a reliever. Just because you're coming out of the pen, you ultimately have the same, guy, uh, same job yeah. to get guys out. It doesn't matter where you come in, what inning you come in. Yeah, you're still like a top pit, like you know. And even in the game that he started in, he was terrible, Mm -hmm. and they wound up losing that game. So, I I don't know. They have a lot of question marks to fill because their team was ultimately perfect. They finished with the second best record in all of baseball. The same story every year. Same story. It's literally the same story. There's nothing more they could do to this team except for perform what they have. There's literally nothing you could do to this lineup. You just hope that Kershaw they can step up. played better without Machado this year than they did with him for the second half of last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just goes to show 
I do think they are putting their money in the, in the right places. I just think in a on a stage like that, I mean, you see Mickey Calloway get fired for all the poor decisions he made as the Mets manager, mm-hmm. and Brody wants a different answer, which we'll get into in a couple minutes, but I just don't understand why Dave Roberts at least, you know, uh, that that's just I mean, not it's acceptable. To, it's not fair to the fans. It's hard to fire team. a guy who's been back to back to World Series. I understand that. the second best record in all of baseball. Like, who else are they going to hire that's going to get them over that hump? I mean, you know, the Yankees fired back, Girardi one game away from the World Series. That's different. They had him for a tenure of ten. I want to say ten years, almost ten years. Yeah, and then on top of that, again, Dave Roberts. Look at he has a resume. They've been unbelievable with him as the manager. I listen. I I, I thought they were going to fire him. I thought they were, but they came out and said no. They're not going to fire him. So on that note, we're actually going to step aside for a quick break. Great talking uh, some MLB playoffs. And when we come back, we will preview the AL and NLCS, and then we'll get to our MLB Player of the Week. You're listening to Raven Preview here on liuwave.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Russo, Fonz DeFalco here in the studio. We have a jam-packed, action-packed, I should say, show for you here tonight. We're now going to talk some MLB news. Of course, we know the Houston Astros finished with the best record in the American League this season, and the majors for that matter. They will get home field advantage in the ALCS against the New York Yankees. That series will start tomorrow night in Houston and you know I've got to say this is probably about what 90% of people predicted it's going to be Zach Granke for the Astros 18 and 5 on the season against Masahiro Tanaka who you know like we alluded to he's been the Yankees really most consistent guy over you know the last three to four years now they have been going to him I know Severino has been their ace but Severino hasn't been there very long is where Tanaka has gotten it done in the playoffs before. Uh, what are your thoughts heading into game one, Kyle? I think that, personally, this is a must-win game for the Yankees. I think that if you could take a game away on the road from the Astros, that's all you need because, like I said before, when it comes to home field for the Yankees, when they have home field, they're virtually unstoppable. It doesn't matter how good the pitcher is. They're virtually unstoppable. Their yeah. bats just start activating, and it's crazy. That game will be on Fox starting at 8.08 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I'm trying to think when the clocks go back. That's coming up soon. I think it's in November. No, November, okay. I believe. Right around Halloween. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I know next week at this time the series will still be going on, but let's make our picks for the ALCS. Who do you guys have? Yanks in seven. Ooh. Fonz. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go Astros in six. I'm going to go Houston in seven. Now, I think when you break down the series, you know Granke will get two starts. You know Verlander will get two starts. Mm-hmm. And the third guy, Garrett Cole, who is the best pitcher in 
the ALCS. He's been the best pitcher in the postseason so far. Will also get two starts. So mm-hmm. I just think you're you're playing those three guys twice, and then if it does get to a game seven, now we're assuming that the series will go this long. The best thing the Yankees can do is win this series early, which is going to be very difficult to do without the home field advantage because the longer the series goes, the longer I truly think it favors Houston because of that starting pitching and what the Yankees would possibly have to throw out against Houston in a Game 6 or a Game 7. Well, Game 7 would actually be favorable if that's the case scenario because Garrett Cole has games three and six, which means that game seven, he probably wouldn't be playing unless Houston was in a losing situation. So it would be Grankier Verlander to probably come out the pen because, or not Verlander would probably get the starter. Maybe even Granky would get the start because he had the longest amount of rest. But Garrett Cole, I don't even know, would be coming out unless they were losing. I'm not exactly sure I'd call it favorable for the Yanks, though. No, Listen, it's a three-headed monster. It's not favorable to go up against that matchup alone, let alone the batters that they have, because the batters that Houston has are incredible as well. But, you know, it's probably the best-case scenario where they don't have as much rest as the Yankees do. They're not facing their number one guy. They're facing their number three guy to start off the series. That's probably the, the best situation possible. So let's shift gears to the National League. We have the St. Louis Cardinals who get the home field advantage because they were the division winner. The Nationals are the only wild card team remaining. You know, it's a rarity you see that in the championship series. Uh, The Nationals will be in St. Louis. Uh, The first game is actually tonight, and the Nationals lead the Cardinals one to nothing in this game on TBS, top of the second inning. And guys. It's Anibal Sanchez on the mound for the Washington Nationals, and I believe it's Miles Mikolas for the Cardinals. Yep. Uh, Jan Gomes hit an RBI double that uh, scored Howie Kendrick, by the way, for that one run. <coughs> so I think of it this way. Cardinals have home field, yes, but the Nationals definitely have the more powerful lineup, in my opinion, mm-hmm. despite having Ozuna and Goldschmidt. Carpenter's been hurt a lot this season, and you look at the Cardinals right now, um, obviously they won their series a little earlier, uh, well, by like a day, but I just don't know if the Cardinals can outlast the Nationals' firepower right now because they're hot, and it's about getting hot at the right time. And I hate to say this, They've been the hottest team in the National League since the All-Star break, possibly before then. And when you beat the one of the favorites in the Dodgers, that gives you so much motivation, too. Exactly. Because like now the path is like clear. Mm-hmm. My clear only hiccup that I could see in the Nationals' path is the fact that they have absolutely drained Scherzer and Strasburg with the wild card game mm-hmm. and the NLDS. Now, I understand this is a seven-game series, yes, but you're going to have to rely on guys like Patrick Corbin and Anibal Sanchez to get you through. I think the Nationals definitely have the better rotation, but I think the Cardinals have that grit and that championship mentality that they've had in the past, and it, it it's hard for me to see 
this series going past six games, though. It, it's very difficult. I'm just not sure. Um, I'm just not too sure. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. Because, I mean, we, we all thought, I thought the Nationals would lose night one to the Brewers. Yeah. Uh, but they won. Yep. Uh, let's, uh, so let's pick this series. What do you guys think is going to happen? Well, maybe go, I'll, I'll go first. Um, it was a little bit of a toss-up for me. I mean, it's but out there, Nationals in five. Wow. I think you change it up a little bit. I was going to say Nationals in six. I thought that was being mean, but Nationals in five. But I like it. They just, they just, I think they have the. I think better, that win against the, like that I've, series win against the Dodgers definitely motivated them. I think they have the better power mm-hmm. at the bat on top of the better pitching. The only thing that could lose them the series is obviously their bullpen. That's yeah. probably their biggest weakness, mm-hmm. as well known. It's bold. It's a bold prediction. Yeah. No, it is, but I'm going to pick the Nationals as well in six. So just to be clear, game two tomorrow, it's going to be Scherzer against Wainwright. Then in game three, I believe you would have Jack Flaherty. Strasburg, probably. No. uh, Yeah. So we'll see. And then in game four, the Cardinals would throw out uh, Hudson. And then would... Is Patrick Corbin the number three or not? Yeah. So, you know what? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I know I just amped up the Nationals hardcore. You did. But uh, give me the Redbirds in seven. Hmm. I think the Nationals are going to get out to a 2 nothing series lead because of both pitching matchups favor them. <laughs> and then the Cardinals, I think, will be down probably 2-1 to one heading into game four. And then something's just going to click. And then from then on, I I don't know what it is. I, I, I started to think about it when you guys were picking – I also think the Nationals are very young and inexperienced at this stage, and that could come back to bite them in this series too. I mean, that's just something to keep in mind moving forward. But, I mean, sadly, I have the Nationals as the favorites, but I'm going to go St. Louis in seven. Something just tells me it's one of those years that we could see a Cardinals-Astros, Cardinals-Yankees World Series. I just can't see the Nationals in the World Series. I don't know what it is. Definitely makes some good points there. Yeah. Uh, All right, so... Let's um, let's get to our uh, World Series predictions. Um, I know, Kyle, you guys brought this up on the show a week or two ago on who you think is going to win the World Series. Who do you have? Well, now, I mean, I had the Dodgers. Right. But uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Yankees versus Nationals, and I think the Yankees will wind up winning if they get past Houston. It's a clear path. St. Louis is nowhere close to there level and neither is the Nationals no matter how good that pitching is I'm going to go with the Astros here to win it I'm also going to go Houston I think the real World Series right now is the ALCS Yep. I think the winner of this will win it all that's just my that's just my take. Um, so, do you guys have an MLB Player of the Week? 
I do. Do you want me to start sure. up? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy I've said before, Garrett Cole. Uh, 25 striker. We talked about him a lot. And, I mean, he's probably one of the better pitchers in that lineup. I mean, that lineup is ridiculous. But two wins, 25 strikeouts, leading candidate for the Cy Young. And I'm excited to see what he can do now. Skills against the Yankees and potentially in the World Series. I like it. Kyle. Howie Kendrick. Okay. Tenth inning, yeah. grand slam. To send them to the AL, the yes, the ALCS. NLCS. NLCS. Against his uh, former team, too. Yep. I am going to go with Paul Goldschmidt. Um, this is a guy who has spent majority of his career so far with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, bunch of losing seasons. Now he's on St. Louis. Had the most, tied for the most hits out of any player in the playoffs so far. A 429 average, 905 slugging. That's the best out of anybody. And had two home runs in that series. 9 for 21 overall with his bat, with an insanely high OPS almost 1.4 so that's my mlb player of the week good picks everyone so shifting gears here it is mid-season in the ncaa football rankings and as of right now i was watching first take today with stephen a smith molly Caraman, max kellerman and you know i've got to say clemson does not look as good as advertised we saw a one-point win against UNC, which caused them to flip-flop with Bama, who is back at number one. We've seen a sophomore slump from Trevor Lawrence. What do you guys expect for this Clemson team moving forward in the ACC? I mean, they still have an easy schedule, uh, probably one of the easier schedules, but Trevor Lawrence, I'd say, is one of the more, I mean, he's still winning games, but more of the more disappointing players because we expected him to take a huge leap his second year after what he did his freshman season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's still, like I said, he's still winning, still performing well, but it's not as dominant as we thought. Right. I still think they're going to win out the rest of their season because, again, the schedule is very easy for them. But, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, that'll be interesting to see, like especially who they have like in the first round and potentially in the national championship. Big game against Florida State tomorrow in South Carolina. Then they go on the road to play Louisville at home against Boston College and then Wofford. Yeah, so and they're, they're on the road against NC State. Their toughest remaining game will be at home against Wake Forest on Senior Day, and then they travel to South Carolina. It's all be, wins, all wins. Yep. Yeah. Easy. Um. Now, Alabama, the currently number one ranked team, they are followed by Clemson, Ohio State at number three, who recently flip flopped with Georgia, who is now at number four. LSU in there at number five, followed by Oklahoma, Florida, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Penn State, who jumped two spots this past week to round out your top ten. I have the take that Trevor Lawrence is not even a top five candidate for the Heisman right now. Not that that matters much, but, you know, I think you got guys like Justin Fields, who's been playing lights out, Tua, uh, Bryce Love. I mean, the, for Wisconsin, that is the running back. John, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, too. Yes. Pardon. Bryce Love got drafted last year. Correct. <laughs> also, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Who I think, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I said Trevor Lawrence was the early Heisman 
favorite, but now I think it, it's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. Fromm and Lawrence are kind of struggling a little bit. We'll see. how th- uh, it, Things are going to get shaky this weekend, though. Uh, but before we get there, let's recap last week. After not losing a game in over 750 days, uh, the UCF Golden Knights have lost two out of their last three. End of an era. Yeah, sadly. Uh, they lost to Cincinnati 27-24 last week, and it definitely wasn't pretty. Uh, other big news, Notre Dame beat up Bowling Green 52 to nothing. They covered the 45.5-point spread. Congratulations. You don't get rewarded for that because Bowling Green is, you know, Bowling yeah. Green. <laughs> Bowling Green. Uh, number 19, Michigan beat number 14, Iowa, 10-3. to Where does Jim Harbaugh stand on the line of being on the hot seat? I mean, what is his what is his future with this Michigan team? Because right now they're very hard to figure out. I think he's just going to complete out the rest of the season, and then they'll probably fire him. But you cannot continuously lose to ranked opponents continuously. Uh, when was the last time he beat a ranked opponent? Uh, of any, my bad, not a ranked opponent, but a top five, top ten. A legit, of any legit, significance. A legit contender. I think he was on the, it was starting to warm up when against that Army game. Yeah. That's when I thought, I was like, all right, it's starting to, because yeah. he keeps coming out like in the beginning of the year and saying like, oh, this is our year. We got the guys. We're going to be contending. It seems to always be their year. Yeah. But and then the first couple of games, yeah. And then. When it gets to the Ohio State game or any game in the middle of the season, yep. it starts to just go downhill from there. And I think now after the same thing over and over again, it wouldn't shock me if he's fired after the season. I'm going to say this. They play against Illinois on the road this week. Yes, that's a win. They will lose another two games at least this season. Do you know who's up next for them after that? They're on the road at Penn State. And then they're at home against Notre Dame. Oh, I would have given the loss to Ohio State, but if, if you were going to go two, I would have given it to Ohio State. But well, no, I'm talking about like in the near future. I think oh, they'll lose. Future? They'll they'll lose to them as well. Yeah, they could they could also lose to Michigan State. Yeah, there could be a lot of losses. Yeah, this coming is not, up. This is not Maryland's not a sleep. Uh, a team you could sleep on. The only two guaranteed wins remaining are Indiana and Illinois. And that's alarming. I think they fall out of the rankings before the season is up. They're not beating Penn State. They have a shot against Notre Dame, but I don't think they'll compete very well. I think Kelly's a better college coach than uh, Harbaugh, and they have a better system there. Uh, Ohio State. That should be a loss. Yeah, that's an easy loss. They're in trouble. Stanford made some noise this week, upsetting number 15, Washington, 23-13. to So now we're looking into week seven, and we have a lot of top-of-the-line top teams. We have number six, Oklahoma, at number 11, Texas, and this is huge for Texas. Not only could they potentially eliminate Oklahoma from the college football playoff, they can also jump into the top ten. Yeah. This is huge for Texas, if you think about it. Because Texas, this is their biggest opportunity all season. This is basically their this is their one ticket playoff. Yeah, yep. This is their one shot. Because you're looking at it, then they get Kansas, TCU. They also have Baylor on their schedule, and then 
they wrap up against Texas Tech, but I Those mean, should all be wins. That's not what's going to get you in contention. Look, I'm telling you, the Longhorns are home tomorrow. They have a legitimate chance against the Sooner team. Nah. A legitimate chance. That, that, you don't think Oklahoma, so? That Oklahoma offense is just absolutely incredible. Come like on, we were Kyle. talking about Jalen Hurts is probably at the top of the Heisman candidate. He's probably at the top. I think he's at the top. Yeah. Bama will be at number 24, Texas A&M. Florida State at Clemson. Michigan State at number 8, Wisconsin. USC at number 9, Notre Dame. And then, in my opinion, the biggest game of the weekend, the SEC battle. Number 7, Florida, against number 5, LSU. And I've got to say, the loser of that game is done. Oh, I don't know. If LSU loses this game... And then they play Alabama well, they later still down have the shots. line. Yeah, if they play Alabama later down the line and win, I mean that could put them back in. But Florida definitely does have a chance against this team. We'll see. I mean, it's very it's very hard for us to predict. But realistically speaking, I think Florida is not supposed to be in the top ten. They top fifteen, yes, but they jumped three spots to just be at number seven last yeah. week. Obviously. They beat a good team, but, um, you know, I've got to say it's going to be a crazy weekend, and we'll see what happens with some of these games. We'll see if there are any other upsets. You know, Washington State at ASU is a big game, too. I'm going to have my eyes, of course, you know, Notre Dame playing USC. It's going to be a nice uh Yeah, Notre Dame's only 10.5-point favorites. Are you surprised with that? 11. 11? Um, yeah, it just went up. Oh. Uh, I'm not surprised. Mainly because Notre Dame and USC always play each other close. And Notre Dame is... I don't know what it is about them against USC. But I think Clay Helton is going to prepare his team really well. Notre Dame, yes, they have Chase Claypool, Ian Book, Tony Jones. They have veterans on that team. But Slovis is not a bad quarterback. He has potential to make some plays in this game. And uh, their running back, Malapai, whoever that guy is. Uh, number 29, yeah, Malapai. He, he is from Hawaii. Uh, he's a junior. He's been great this season, averaging almost five yards a carry. Uh, we'll see. I think Notre Dame, obviously, that's all these games are must-wins for them moving forward. So, on that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will have our Team of the Week, and we will talk some New York Giants football. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good Evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco, Kyle Russo, here in the studio. Quick reminder, you can tune in to our live show tonight on The Wave. That is the sound of LIU at liuwave.org. If you want to call in, give us a question or comment, you can call in at 516-299-2030. Also, feel free to comment on the Facebook live chain on my Facebook account. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to our podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So, before we get to the team of the week, I want to just acknowledge hockey for a second. Rangers and Islanders, a week down 
It's been a wild start so far. The Rangers, one of the few unbeaten teams, but they've only played two games. They've been off for a week. I don't understand the scheduling. But let's talk about the Islanders for a hot second. So far this season, the Islanders, I wouldn't say they're struggling. They've only played three games. They're one and two, but they have the Hurricanes tonight. And they're currently on a power play, tied 2-2 two to two in the second period. Uh, what is your outlook for them this year, uh, Kyle? I think they're going to be bad. I don't like Semyon Varlamov. I get the reasoning behind signing him. But I don't like the reasoning for not signing the second-place Vesna yeah. trophy guy and Robin Lehner and replacing him with a guy who last season had a below 500 record. I believe he finished off with 20 wins and 19 losses and, like, five overtime losses. Is so I, I don't get that. Anders still the captain? Yep. Notre Dame represent. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. But, yeah, <laughs> no, it's been great. Hurricanes, I love the slow clap they do. I love watching that. I, I was looking at it today on, on the feeds at NBC, and I just like just love watching that. Justin Williams started something great, man. They have a good young team. Tara Vinen, Sebastian Ajo. Yep. Love what they got going down there in Carolina. They're probably getting back to the playoffs this year for sure. So, with that being said, that was our quick uh, two-minute drill for hockey. Let's get to our team of the week, though. So, any sport counts. Um, obviously, we're in the midst of the NFL season. We're approaching midseason almost. We're a couple weeks away. Baseball, we're in the playoffs. And hockey started. The NBA is just a couple weeks away. Fonz, who is your team of the week? I'm going to give it up to the San Francisco 49ers. Nice 4-0 start early in the season. Got a win against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is looking good. They have a good running duo with Matt Braid and Tevin Coleman. Yeah. George Kittle, top two tight end in the league. Defense is pretty solid. Like guys like Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner leading the way. Sherman, still a good corner, had his age. They have a tough matchup against the Rams. But, I mean, a nice early start so far with the 49ers going 4-0. I like that pick, too. Um, you definitely brought up some good points. And George Kittle's first touchdown. Yeah. Kyle? Uh, the Indianapolis Colts beating the Chiefs at Arrowhead, breaking their undefeated streak. I believe it was the first game ever that Patrick Mahomes was held to under 20 points in a game. Yeah. Which is crazy, but the, only, the Chiefs only scored 13 points, completely shut down the run game. And remember when Andrew Luck retired and we were all saying the Colts were done? Jacoby Brissett has been fantastic. He won the game without even throwing a touchdown. Yeah. Well, I knew Jacoby was pretty good. I knew he was going to I didn't think he was going to be this good. He's been good. Yeah. He's been good. Funny. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with the Saints. What they've been able to do with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, he has not missed a beat. 300 yards, four touchdowns, second Saints quarterback to do that since the merger. Of course, the other is Drew Brees, but, you know, that's something that you love to see a backup quarterback come in. The Saints are just going to be fine. I still think they're the front runners in the NFC. I mean, you got to watch out for teams like the Seahawks and the 49ers, of course, um, and the Packers. But right now, the Saints are still the best team in the NFC in my eyes, despite the 49ers being undefeated, because, yes— they're the only unbeaten left, and they are a fantastic team, but they just lost Mike McGlinchey, 
who's going to be out four to six weeks, their right tackle. The best one they of the better off. just already. lost Kyle Juszczyk, who's going to be out for a long time, of course. You remember him yeah. as a former Raven. And then they just lost somebody else, too. Oh, I can't remember who it was. I th- it might have been another offensive lineman, actually. With the 49ers, I think their defense is for real. I don't think their offense is for real. Oh, yeah. They haven't played any yeah, good it, teams. It's just, I mean, they don't the, have any receivers either. Yeah, yeah no, that's I, what I'm saying. You can't be Marquise Goodwin is your best receiver out of that group. Yeah, I mean, George Kittle is really your only option. Matt Breed has been very good. And and Tevin Cole, like, that's a good Tevin running Cole, man. They yeah. can that's a nice be receiving yeah, backs. I mean, Jordan Matthews is a starter on that team. They we just know signed how him. His tenure went with Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Dante Pettis. Debo uh, Samuel. Oh, Joe Joe Staley is the other guy that's oh, out. Oh, so they lost the entire they're, offensive yeah, line. They're the yeah. two best they offensive linemen. They're both tackles. Yeah, those are two really good guys. So, of course, uh, Weston Richburg, who's a piece of glass, is now your best offensive lineman. Yep. Although I got to give it up to Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman. That is a good one-two punch. Yep. And don't get me wrong, but Sam Young, eight-year vet, also out of Notre Dame, backing up McGlinchey, ironically enough, he will step in and start. Mm-hmm. Former starter for the Miami Dolphins. We'll get to in a little bit, but uh, this defense is for real. Yes, I mean, DeForest Buckner, criminally underrated. Nick Bosa is a fantastic rookie. Had a couple sacks on Monday night against the Browns. D4 acquired from the Chiefs. Fred Warner and Quan Alexander eat up tackles. And then Richard Sir- Sherman leading that secondary. Um, I don't like what he made up about Baker. Yeah. But, I mean, that's his personality. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things. you got to live with it, move on. He wants to apologize. But, um, so, yeah, those are our teams of the week. But we'll get to the NFL in a little bit. Let's talk about the Giants. Why don't we? Daniel Jones had 218 scrimmage. I'm sorry, not Daniel Jones. Dalvin Cook had 218 scrimmage yards. That was the most by a Vikings player since 2012 in the Vikings' 28-10 win over the Giants at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey on Sunday. Now, the Vikings are hot one week. They're cold the next week. The 15-point second quarter is really what uplifted them to this win. They had an 18-7 lead going into the half. Opportunities were there for the Giants, but when you score 10 points, you're not going to beat a defense like those Vikings. What do you think of Kirk Cousins in this game, Kyle? I thought he was good. I think he was good because our secondary is horrible. True. Very I mean, true. I, I said it on last week's show. I said I wouldn't be surprised if not only Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs had for over 100 yards. Obviously, Diggs didn't have that, but he had himself a good game as well. But mm-hmm. Thielen, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, they couldn't couldn't stop him. Although I mean, he did have two fumbles and lost one. A lot yeah. of people forget that. I mean, listen, when you have 218 yards, it it doesn't it doesn't it matter. kind of overshadows. Yep, it doesn't matter. But uh, Kirk Cousins, they made him look like. Pro Bowler, an all-star. That's what they made him look like. I don't think he is that, but that's what the Giants secondary allowed him to do on Sunday. I think the biggest news for Minnesota is the injury to Adam Thielen. Uh, seven catches, 130 yards, and two scores in this game a week after you know inadvertently calling out his – maybe not inadvertently, but indirectly calling out his quarterback. Uh, he returned to practice today. After missing Thursday's practice, they think he will play on Sunday, but, you know, that back. Um, they're playing the Eagles, too, yeah, so they're going to need him. They are going to need him. Yeah, he's been out with an illness most of the week, so they're a little banged up. Their center, rookie center, Garrett Bradbury, as well, is banged up. Josh Klein, the right guard, who they acquired <clears throat> from the Patriots. 
It'll be interesting. But the Giants in this game, Jones, touchdown and a pick, under 200 passing yards. Uh, Ingram and Shepard both get hurt. Darius Slayton was the leading receiver. He was the only bright spot of this game on the offense. I mean, the Giants waved the running back who actually started this game already, undrafted rookie John Hillman out of Rutgers after last night's debacle against New England. Daniel Jones cannot be your leading rusher three three weeks in a row. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Fumbled the ball in that game and last night's game, too. Although, you know, I have to say one thing. I'm really impressed with guys like Marcus Golden and Dexter Lawrence. I know they're young guys. Well, more Lawrence, not Golden. I know it's been a struggle, but the effort is there. I, you know, I'm proud of those two for stepping in and making plays, especially Marcus Golden. And another guy, too, David Mayo. Yeah, he was he was getting every single tackle last night, it seemed like. He was on every single play. It was him, Lorenzo Carter, even Alec Ogletree. Yeah. And then Marcus Golden, too, with the yeah. fantastic game last night. Well, to finish the Vikings game, though, uh, Golden Tate made his Giants debut. Just three catches for 13 yards. Uh, was not too happy with that. But, of course, the Giants did not have Saquon Barkley. Gallman out with a concussion. Shepard out with his second concussion of the season. And Ingram out with a knee. This transitions into Week 6. Last night, the Giants lose to the New England Patriots 35-14 to on Thursday night football in New England and our uh, former engineer of the show Griffin Ward was actually working that game up in Foxborough for the Giants Griffin Weird being from Massachusetts diehard Patriots fan in that Giants gear (laughs) Um, I've got to say the Giants didn't play bad in the first three quarters Yeah, they they were pretty okay I think the wind was a really big factor I mean, if you were to tell me that the Giants are going to be in a short week, they were going to be able, without Barkley, Gallman, Ingram, and Shepard, and yet the Giants held the Patriots scoreless yeah. for a quarter and a half, and the touchdown let up was a, a kick to the back of the head to Nate Stupar. I mean, I would say you're crazy, but it happened. They, they, they played well, and even... Jones threw three interceptions, and yet they were still in the game. Yeah. They were still in the game somehow. Shouldn't have happened. No. Well, that third one was his fault. The, set, the first two weren't his fault. His best play of this game was the huge play to Golden Tate. Yeah. That was a fantastic touchdown for the Giants. Uh, 64 yards. Seam. A streak route. It seemed like Daniel Jones has been very hot or cold so far in his first uh, four NFL starts. But I've got to say, it was good to see Alec Ogletree back out there. He had a sack. Ogletree and Mayo filling the voids in at the linebacker positions. Grant Haley looked okay. Jabril Peppers is improving week by week. I still don't like what I see out of DeAndre Baker or Janoris Jenkins. Lorenzo Carter's been looking good. Yep. I've got to say, he's he might be their best pass rusher. I didn't like what I saw from Haley. It seemed like Haley probably had the easiest job, yet it was the hardest at the same time. Yeah. He was covering, I forgot what his first name is, but Myers. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers Myers, the entire game. And he just kept on letting him get big passes down the field and big first downs. And Jabril Peppers, he blew a big uh, third nine conversion. He missed the tackle that allowed them to convert and then eventually score a touchdown to the New England Patriots. And then John Hilleman. 
fumbles the ball. Kyle Van Noy returns it for a touchdown. And the game's over. I will say this, though. The, the Giants successfully had the first touchdown pass against New England this season. Yeah. Um, and the Giants also did not allow Tom Brady to throw a touchdown pass. You got two rushing. Yeah, from like what a yard yeah, or two yeah, out. Yeah, like quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah, the Joan. I mean, the turnovers definitely gave New England a short field at times, and the Giants' defense held their own for the first three quarters. I've got to say, they held Sony Michelle twenty-two carries, eighty-six yards. That's great. And then, really, the only guy who had significant numbers was Edelman, yeah. nine for one thirteen. He had that big catch at the end in garbage time. That and Tom like Brady fumbled twice. Yeah. He yep. lost one. But hey. The problem is you can't rack up only 213 total yards of offense and expect to be to beat the Patriots. New England had the ball for 20 more minutes than the Giants did. Yeah, that's how they win. They yeah. manage the game. Yep. They shorten the game. That's old-school football. It's terrible. Terrible. Bad. No, it's great. Love to. See, you don't like to see 10-minute drives? That's how a dynasty is built. They could, they couldn't they couldn't play in this game. Listen, man, they couldn't play. They were really bad. They were really bad. Uh, I mean, the defense kept them in the game, but the defense was gashed. You couldn't you can't blame them for the garbage time points that they scored because they were on the field the entire game. Keep in mind who the Giants had starting last night. Yes, they have Golden Tate back, but their number two receiver was Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton. Slayton. I think bad. Latimer rookie, was right? playing. He's not bad. Yeah, they threw him in the slot, and Red Ellison was starting at tight end. Yep. And Jonathan Hillman, undrafted rookie out of Rutgers at running back, no longer on the team. It was so bad, Elijah Penny ended up getting three carries. That's three carries too many. Unacceptable. Uh, it's tough. Tough to see, but I think the Giants found uh, a bright spot with Slayton. Yeah, he was a nice little pickup. And if Shepard and Ingram can stay healthy... To not pair him up with Golden Tate, get Saquon Barkley back. Not I think a terrible receiving core. I think you. Ingram is the bigger question. Ingram, it's, he's never healthy. That's that's a really big question throughout his career. He's never healthy. Yeah. And now Sterling yeah, already his second concussion in five. What is it? Five six games into the season. Yeah. It's terrible. So, guys, I'm going to say this: the Giants don't play for another ten days. They play against the Arizona Cardinals in Week Seven. Should be a win. That game will be at home. Yeah, well, two and four, the Giants are looking to win their third game of the season. The Giants are a game and a half out of the division with the Eagles and Cowboys sitting at three and two. Just some food for thought because, quite frankly, the Giants should win this game against the Cardinals. We know how West Coast teams are traveling to Eastern time zones, although we did see Kyler Murray get his first NFL win against the Cincinnati Bengals last week, but I wouldn't say the Giants are as bad as the Bengals. Yeah. I'd say the Giants have one up on the Bengals. Yeah. And uh, they only won by a field goal, too. Yeah, true. Any final thoughts on the Giants? Have we exhausted all the factors? Uh, you know, some people were cheering for Eli to get in the game last night no. for his previous successes against Brady. I can't. I can't. Eli Manning. He had to, Jones had nothing last night. He had absolutely nothing last night. I get it. If you look at the game, they kind of faltered on, on those picks that put the Patriots in scoring position. But, I mean, even if Eli was in, who was he going to throw to? After Jones throws that 
forget if it was the second or the third pick. Tied game at 14. That was the second pick. Yeah. That was the second one. That was the second one. To be elite against yeah. New England. Belichick has some degree of insane respect for the Giants organization. It's because he used to be a part of it. That's yeah. where his roots came from, Bill Parcells, back in the day. And that's how he's inherited that old-school style of play, and it still works in 2019. Fun fact real quick before we move on. Uh, New England is 96-1 and at home when leading at halftime. So it just shows you. They're virtually unbeatable. And 112, including the postseason, and two at home. Yeah. I mean, they're unbeatable at home. <laughs> Talk about unbeatable. I hate them. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Let's get to the Jets. Ooh. Yeah, not really too much to talk about. A 31-6 to loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Fun fact, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles in a regular season game, ever. Uh, Carson Wentz, he was okay, 17-29, to 190 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Howard was good, he scored. Zach Ertz, top 3-4 tight end in the league. Luke Falk, making his last start, didn't even throw for 130 yards, had two picks. Sacked nine times. Oh, my. I think it was actually ten. It was, and he yeah, did it throw was... a touchdown. He just threw it to the other team. <laughs> ten <laughs> sacks. He threw three of them. Well, look. Not in this game, but since he's been the starter. Yeah, this is uh, not good. In fact, I think the Jets have thrown to defenses more touchdowns than they have offensive touchdowns themselves. <laughs> On the season. You're right with the Eagles' sack total. It was 10. It was most in a game since week three yeah. of 2007. Yeah, because David, David Fowles came in yeah. and didn't throw a pass, but he went back one time and got sacked. Eagles defensive end Brandon Graham had two of those sacks. Skandrick had another two, one of them being a strip. That rookie, uh, Nate Jerry, with the pick six. The question is, how for real are the Philadelphia Eagles? I think they're for real. I think, obviously, the numbers are uh, exorbitant and hyperbolized, obviously, because you played, played a Jets team who has absolutely no corners and absolutely no offense to compete against. But I think the Eagles are for real. I mean, granted that unbelievable throw by Matt Ryan to Julio Jones in the clutch in Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles are a good team. They went to Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers, which they nobody did. does. I mean, so I, I think they're legit. I think they're legit. Yeah, I still think. Yeah, I agree with you. I still think they're a legit team. Now back to the Jets. We know the Jets are zero and eleven all time against the Eagles, the second longest losing streak to begin a series in NFL history. Now that that fun fact is out of the way, number you know, one is Cardinals versus the Browns. Correct. Um, you know, I've got to say, Le'Veon Bell. It's been an afterthought. I feel horrible for 43 him. yards and a no no touchdown Demarius Thomas had four catches should have signed with the Colts are the Jets as bad as the Dolphins they're worse they're worse because the Dolphins are trying to lose games I don't I wouldn't no. say they are worse they are worse do you do you do you know look who at the matchup Miami at the- has starting Okay. Look at the offensive matchups, right? John John Jenkins who do you, do you was take? cut from the Giants, right? He yeah. is their starting defensive end. Avery Moss, also cut from the Giants. 
starting on that team as an outside linebacker. Tabor Pepper, also cut from the Giants, starting long snap. I think they would have been more competitive if they had Darnold in these past couple of games, too. I think they still have... I think the Jets still have solid players all no, around. Just they just, have nothing. That offensive line is horrible. I don't know worse why. Worse than football, the O-line. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, no. The offensive line is horrible. I think that when you match up some offensive pieces, I would argue that the Miami Dolphins may have a better offensive line. Then I know I would, running back, hands down, it goes to Le'Veon. Uh, Gusecki and Herndon is a toss-up. And then receiver. The Jets got Robbie Anderson. The Miami Dolphins got Devontae Parker and a couple other little pieces. But... I mean, this Jets Rashad team. Rashad Jones in the secondary, probably only Xavier Howard player. Xavier, Xavier Howard's good, but they're trying to lose. They're trying to lose. The Jets are actually trying to win games, and they and they <laughs> they throw more touchdowns to opposing teams than score. Very true. One to Vincent Smith, who they just picked up he on was, waivers. He scored their only touchdown, and it wasn't rushing. even a throw. It was a it was, what was end that? around. Yeah, end around. <laughs> and then first game of the season, Le'Veon Bell touchdown pass by Sam Darnold. And like we said, right, 10 sacks on the Philadelphia Eagles defense, who isn't even that great. Sam Darnold, I don't care what anybody says, you need time to recover. They're rushing him back into this week six situation to play quarterback before the season is completely over. I wouldn't do that against the best tandem of linebackers in all of football. That'd yeah. be my personal opinion. Talking about Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch. Yeah, I think that's pretty stupid managerial-wise. I think that's pretty dumb. Um, so on that note, I would like to pick this game. They are playing the Dallas Cowboys. They are playing the Dallas Cowboys at home. And I'll pick first. Since Darnold is playing, I'll give a final score of 38-10. to and be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in my head I was saying, should I say 49 nothing? But I decided not yeah. to. I just wanted to see the biggest number I could pull out of a hat. I mean, damn. Dallas scored 35 points in the Giants' corners. The Jets have no corners. And they got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, too. Mm. Zeke's going to have a field day. Zeke's going to have a field day. <laughs> damn. And Sam Donald's not even going to be able to throw the ball, too. They're probably going to have to pull him out. Oh, man. I'm gonna go forty-five to, to three. Forty-five. To three. I'll, give him, I'll give him a field goal. I thought you were gonna go to the shutout there. Sam Ficken, such a bad guy. Sam Ficken will finally get his opportunity to kick a field goal for the team. Bonds. I'm gonna go forty-two to <laughs> I'm fourteen. A bad guy. Forty-two to fourteen. I think Darnold will throw a touchdown, get back in the in swing garbage, of things. Yeah, garbage time. Yeah, in garbage time, and then I think Le'Veon Bell. I think it's gonna just be around him in the offense. Okay, so. Let's get to some other NFL games that happened last week. Of course, Thursday night football, we had the Seahawks and we had the Rams. Seattle won by one point. Seattle is now 9-1 and one in Thursday primetime games since 2010. And I think the Rams need to push the panic button. Yep. Because their offense is not the same. Todd Gurley is not getting... A sufficient amount of touches. He's out with a quad injury. Well, he's doubtful. He he's played. He be. played. He had two touchdowns against the Seahawks. And they were on like the eight yard line, five yard line. But listen, Todd Gurley. I knew it the minute it came out. It came out this uh, past off season where a report got uh, stated where Todd Gurley has arthritis in his knee. If you're a yeah. running back, your legs are your money makers, and he already got his money. So now, now the Rams are in a situation. I mean, you saw in Week One. The Rams barely played Todd Gurley. They barely played him. They gave the ball to 
Malcolm Brown, I want to say his name. Malcolm is Brown, yeah. They can't, they can't use him. They drafted Dal Henderson early. Yeah, they for drafted insurance. Dal Henderson yeah. for insurance. I I worry about Gurley because I mean, he, at one point he was the top back in the league, and now it's kind of like the yeah, point where over. like I do too. It's kind of over. I mean, you're looking at the Rams receivers though. They do have a really good receiving core. They're, one of the better trios, I they think. Throw they the ball the a lot. Yeah, Although Cooks great. is hurt, Cooks is questionable for this week. They think yeah. he should play, but they have Brandon Cooks. They have Cooper Cup, who's Goff's favorite receiver, mm-hmm. and Robert Woods. Gerald Everett had himself a game. Gerald Everett, seven catches, 136 yards. Don't Finally forget getting about the, getting a tight end involved in the offense, which is you never see that with McVay's offense. Yeah. yeah. Tyler Higby and Josh Reynolds. Depth. Yeah. Actually surprising that you never see a tight end worked in because when uh, McVay was in Washington, he was the tight end coach. Yeah, right. <laughs> so pretty interesting. That all comes full circle. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Chris Carson was fantastic on the ground. 27 rushes, 118 yards, and Russell Wilson, the four touchdown passes. If the season ended today, is Russell Wilson your MVP? Yep. I agree. Yep. I don't think it's really even close. I really don't. I mean, people are saying Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's having that type of season. I mean, he started off hot, but these last two games have been bad. Oh, yeah. And you look at who Seattle has at receivers. It's nothing special. It's Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf, the rookie, and Will Disley. Yeah. And Will Disley has turned himself into a, a really nice player. How many touchdowns does he have already? I think he's like four. Yeah, he has four Disley, touchdowns. you're saying? Yeah, yeah Will Disley. Uh, yeah. They finally gave him an offensive line. That's why. All those years he was scrambling. When they, uh, it all went downhill when they traded Max Unger for Jimmy Graham, and then Jimmy Graham was never healthy. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson forced to scramble. I forgot that that's who they traded Jimmy Graham for. Now they got an offensive line. Now he's got time in the pocket to throw. You saw him throw a dime to Tyler Lockett in the corner. Mm-hmm. We saw the Jaguars give the Carolina Panthers a fight. The Panthers won this game 34-27. to Christian McCaffrey had 237 yards from scrimmage. That ties a single-game team record. And I have a fun fact for you guys about new Panthers quarterback Kyle Allen. We've got a lot of fun facts today. Oh, I he know that one. is the first undrafted quarterback to win his first four NFL starts since Kurt Warner. Who? Thank Kurt you, Warner. Kurt Warner, yeah. the former Arena Football League quarterback and cashier at a supermarket. What a story! Grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Allen's been good though. He had a you know the Arizona game put up thirty eight points. He won the Houston game at NRG Stadium without even throwing a touchdown, and then. To even stay in the game against the Jacksonville defense, as good as they were, I mean, I get it. Christian McCaffrey basically had to carry the game. Yeah. They only won by a touchdown, but still, fantastic. Very impressive. Yeah. I have one question to say. Yep. I know Cam Newton's been out now for a while. He will not be coming back when healthy. That's your question. The offense was awful with him starting at quarterback. Is Kyle Allen the answer for the remainder of the season? I think for the remainder of the season, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. I agree. Then the offseason, if he's healthy, Cam's healthy then at that point. But I think for now, just stick with the What's hot working. hand. Yeah. Until then, maybe if it starts failing, then go back to Newton. But don't – I think the Panthers aren't rushing to get Newton back right yeah. now. Yeah, no, I mean, I think they are – what are they? Are they tied in the division right they're now? They're three the and two. No, they're a game back. They're a game back? And they have a winnable game this week. Who do they play? Uh, the Bucks in London. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew, 
he lost three fumbles in this game. Turnover wreck, but he still threw for 375 yards and two <laughs> touchdowns. Minshew gotta mania. Love, gotta love Gardner Minshew. Gotta love him. Uh, now, of course, we know if when Nick Foles comes back next year, it's mm. probably going to be him. There's no way. Really they, they, they paid it's going to be Gardner. No, it's not. It's wow. going to be. They it's paid Foles all that money. There's no way they don't start him. They'll use him as a trade piece. Are you kidding me? They'll look to save. If anything, I'll tell you what's going to happen, right? You saw how Jalen Ramsey, you know, has been, like, mending a relationship back. Too small yeah. of a they'll wind up, They'll wind up keeping Gardner. And then if worse comes to worse, as the sample size increases, if he does perform, because Jacksonville yeah. is still in the mix, because that AFC South is, like, neck and neck. It's, oh, it's wide open. It's wide open. Mm-hmm. So they could still potentially make the playoffs. I get it. The Colts have more wins, but whatever. Uh, if Minshew performs, and let's say they make the playoffs, you know, they could compete, potentially. They really could. DJ Chark is good. D.D. Westbrook is good. That offensive line is no joke. Leonard Fournette, when healthy, is one of the best backs in the league. He started this look. week. Yeah. 108 yards. And D- DJ Chark. He's been one of the best He's the new players. number one receiver in Jacksonville. Yep. Eight catches, buck 64 in yards, 164 yards, two touchdowns. Yep. I just think with all that money, like you said, with Nick Foles. He trade him. He's in his trade bait. What team do you think? Would- I disagree. What team? Well, uh, what mm, the teams will probably go for. What Although team? I, any team will go for. I do understand Kyle's argument because ja- Jacksonville logged 507 yards of offense mm-hmm. against the Panthers, who, quite frankly, that's not a terrible defense. No, yeah, no they're pretty solid. And this was on the road as well. On top of this, I mean, Jaguars dealt with Blake Bortles for four years. They're not <laughs> looking to mess <laughs> up the quarterback situation I get again. Look, you're you're down 21 to seven in the second quarter, and you come back and you make it a game, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minshew Mania will look. There, there's still a lot of. It's been the he year, has more games to, I think to show that it's been the year of the young quarterback. We're seeing a, again newer generation. We're talking newer than Watson and Mahomes. We're talking Minshew, Allen, Jones. You know, it's been a lot of guys that are just coming in. It's crazy. Tyler Murray. We just recently said that Watson and Mahomes are the young I mean, guys. You could even you could even throw Teddy Bridgewater in there if you want as well because he's a backup as yeah. well. So. Cardinals beat the Bengals. Cliff Kingsbury gets his first NFL win. Congratulations. Uh, the Falcons lose to the Texans, 53-32. to Will Fuller, the most fantasy points by a wide receiver scored since Terrell Owens back in 2000. You were... NFL season, so that means I was only a couple months old. You were alive, yes. I was only a couple months old. But back to uh, Terrell Owens <laughs> real quick. I don't know if you guys heard about it. He got an invitation to the XFL and he's he's accepting it so he will be in the XFL draft <sighs> I'm, ex- I'm excited I'm, to watch I'm it hyped about they that. announced the draft pool for all the players yeah, and it's cool have. seeing all like these uh, former college stars you know getting a shot in now I mean be that should be fun Terrell Owens imagine that in the yeah. XFL but back to this Atlanta game real quick uh, you want to talk about people in the hot seat I think Sarkeesian is is gone I think he's. I think he's ultimately gone. And Dan Quinn. Dan, I think Dan the Dan whole coaching staff. I would Hamburg. think. I mean, and I, I don't know. I don't know who's to blame. Is the defense that? I know the defense is bad. Matt Ryan has not been MVP. I've never understood. Everybody wants to credit Julio, uh, Julio Jones with best receiver in all of football, right? How would he be the best receiver in all of football when he can't get a touchdown? Because his quarterback can't get to him. There was like one year where it took him like how many weeks it to took get him his like first nine weeks to, to get, get his, his first, first touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. And he's got Julio Jones. He gets the yards. He just Austin can't get Hooper, the. Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu. And Devonta Freeman, and they still can't win a game. 
The solid skill position group right there. Well, when the Sean Watson throws for 426 yards and oh, five yeah, the touchdown passes. Is horrible. There's no doubt Will the Fuller, 217 receiving yards and three scores. I mean, it only shows you how the bad the defense is. They're bad. Yeah. They're bad. They're really bad. They couldn't even. Uh, 53 points to the Texans. Yeah. They couldn't touch Deshaun Watson either. He didn't, have a, the, he didn't have a sack. And the Texans have the worst offensive line, one of the worst offensive so, lines in all football. Falcons, I'm going to stick a fork in them for this season. Yep. Don't see anything happening with them. Uh, the Saints beat the Bucks 31-24. to They were my team of the week. But Tampa Bay put up a fight. They're now 2-3. and three. Uh, Jameis Winston, all of a sudden, it seems like he's turned his career around. Bruce Arians. Yeah. Bruce Aarons. Definitely helping him out there. they got a good defense now. They have a decent defense. And, and the Godwin. is good. Seven catches, 125 yards, and two touchdowns. He's outplaying Mike Evans. Evans, not of a single catch in that game. <laughs> they lost by one touchdown, and they didn't throw to Evans one time. It's weird, it's weird to see on that box score. Yeah. Just imagine what would have happened. So right? we'll see if Jameis Winston can, can keep this up. The Raiders surprise the Bears at home. John Gruden knows what he's doing. He's proven the doubt is wrong. I think he knows what he's doing. I really do. I agree because, you know, one of my housemates is a Raiders fan. I mean, you gave up Khalil Mack, but you drafted a nice running back in Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And, and you got some pieces, too. You got some good pieces along, and you got some You got more draft picks, picks too. Yeah. Stop, piled up for the next couple of years. Yeah. Exactly, and offensively, they're piecing together long drives. They had... Four drives of 10-plus plays against the Bears' defense. Yeah. Josh yeah. Jacobs has been a stud. Darren Waller. Darren Waller, the tight end. Former uh, Raven receiver. Moves him to tight end. Yeah. Tyrell Williams, fantastic. Yeah, they've been good. And Derek Carr, too. Derek Carr has been good, too. Let's not forget uh, some guys you may know and be very familiar with. Curtis Riley. Curtis Riley, Jonathan Hankins, Josh Morrow, who the Giants should have kept. They should have kept all those guys. Should have kept all of them. Just imagine. You're telling me they should have kept Curtis Riley? (laughs) He's better than a lot of safeties on our team. He's not better than Antoine Buffet and Jabril Peppers? Antoine Buffet is a And Michael Thomas is a special teamer. They had to move him to a starting because they don't have any safeties. Just imagine what the Raiders... Could have been with Antonio Brown skill wise. So, I'm saying like that would have been a very good offense to yep. see. We're gonna pause for a second. We're gonna get through the rest of the games in just a moment, and then we'll make our quick picks to wrap up the show. We're gonna step aside for a quick break. Stay tuned for more NFL news. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Gangsters Paradise in the house here in the LIU studios. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. Tom Scavetta, Fonz DeFalco, Kyle Russo here in the studio. Great to be back. Uh, Fonz back from Japan. I am back from work and school. Well, still in the midst, but let's, uh, let's finish up our NFL games from Week 5. The Ravens beat the Steelers on a Justin Tucker 46-game-winning yard field goal. Score 26-23. Terrible injury to Mason Rudolph in this game. Uh, I don't know, Fonz. Uh, 
first off, I'm not sure if you were able to watch this game being across the globe, but yeah. I'm sure you saw the film and the footage. Yeah, no. Yeah, I did. I uh, did. What, what is your take on Earl Thomas and how this unfolded? I don't think, I mean, to me, maybe it might be a little biased. I don't know if it wasn't intentional, I don't think. No. Yeah. Um, but I did like, you know, he felt bad. You know, he generally sounded like he felt bad, and I believe he did try to reach out to Mason Rudolph. I don't know if, like, he actually, I don't know if it went through or whatever, but I don't think it was intentional. I'm not sure if he did end up getting fine. I think he did he get fine. He got fined. Was Today, it tw- actually. It was like 21000 Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think it was. Thomas has never <sighs> been known as one of the No, he's the not dirty, a dirty So, I don't. It's a bad hit, obviously. I think it's just, it's. I'm glad Rudolph, you know, he's he's out though. But I mean, yeah, nothing serious. But are you concerned, Fonz, about the Ravens after this game? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, the first couple of weeks, you guys heard me. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, Ravens deep playoff run. Let's go, Lamar Jackson MVP. I mean, he won the game, but three picks. I'm getting a little bit. And if Juju didn't have that, I forgot who forced the fumble on Juju to end the game because that's what's got them into uh, field goal range. I don't recall who uh, knocked it out. I know, uh, I know Humphrey recovered it. I'm trying to um, – I don't remember who exactly, but – But Tony Jefferson as well goes down for the it season. Was, yeah, you're, it was Humphrey. It, it was, was Humphrey. Uh, strip yeah, no, and recovery. That ACL, that That's Tony killing. Jefferson doesn't really talk about as like, you know, on that secondary uh, because obviously Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, Earl Thomas, but Jefferson has been very good for them. But it, it's a big loss yep. as the leader of that team. Uh, now they're going to go, I think, with uh, Deshaun Elliott or Chuck Clark there. But I'm getting a little worried. Uh, we'll see. They have a good, easy win, I think, in Cincinnati this week. And then uh, off the top of my head, I forgot the schedule for the next couple of games. But I'm starting to, but we'll see what happens after this game against Cincinnati. An easy win, it should be an easy win. Devlin Hodges will start against the Chargers for the Steelers on Sunday. <laughs> Devlin Hodges. Uh, if you don't know Devlin Hodges, uh, you should probably look him up and do your research on him because this guy – played for Samford University. Uh, if you don't know where Samford is, it's a private Christian university in Alabama, a university Damn. that only enrolls 5,600 students. Damn. 23 years old, six foot one, 210-pound build, undrafted free agent this year, rookie. You're the rookie quarterbacks getting their starts. They had another one there. Fonz, to answer your question, they play uh, Seattle after Cincinnati at Seattle, so that's going to be tough. Yeah, that one after, yeah. They got a bye week and then play New England off the bye. That's what? right. The New England's a uh, Sunday night game, I believe, too. I think so. That's just, let's just get a nice, easy win here against the Bengals. <laughs> you would think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Before you made your departure across the globe, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson was on fire. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you gotta stay in the country. I gotta stay. I guess I gotta stay in the country. Do you to think see. that? <laughs> I'm not gonna say. Do you think being across the globe hurt Lamar Jackson's play? But what has gone wrong with him? Three interceptions against the Steelers. Yeah, I I don't. I think maybe teams are starting to figure out, you know, because these teams were just trying to stop him running the ball. And so he had open lanes to pass it to. Yeah. Now I think teams are starting to stop the passing lanes. Now he has to run. He did have 70 rush. He was their leading rusher. I mean, Mark Ingram had a touchdown, 44 yards has been very good for them. But Jackson is now back into being the leading rusher for the team. It's going to be like a changing back and forth. You know, you stop his run, the passing lanes open. Stop the passing game, the running's open. But 
it's very back and forth right now. That offensive line gave up five sacks too, which is because they're notorious for having a great offensive line. Yeah, no, yeah. Here is the good news. There is some good news. You are guaranteed the playoffs. <coughs> Your division yeah. is bad. At f- the, in the beginning are not of the year, getting I don't, in. I don't in the know. Be- they got the know. Seahawks coming up. But they, if you look at their last seven games, they might have the easy – look at their last seven games Baker right Mayfield has been a bottom three quarterback in football. Yeah, I, because of Freddie Kitchens. I, at the beginning of the year, we said that this is one of the more competitive divisions outside of the Bengals. We thought, like, Brown, Steelers, Ravens would be a competitive, like, three-way race. But I agree. I think now after seeing what the Steelers are going through and then – I'm going to say it, though. The Browns are – yeah, the Browns – I've been very disappointing, and you know, the Bengals always have been disappointing. I think now it's just this is the easy division for the Ravens. It's their division to lose. Like they here, can lose. Here, listen, it. listen, listen. Week starting week eleven, Cleveland Browns play Pittsburgh, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Arizona, Baltimore, Cincinnati. That's at least six wins. You're going all the way to week eleven, though. What you're saying up to week? Yeah, but they already have two wins, so all that puts them at eight and eight. Baltimore is going to win more than eight games. Come on. They're going to get. Lamar they're going to get number four this I mean, weekend. Besides that Miami game, I mean, he did compete in that Kansas City game. But he did. He, he, he was did. the reason why they lost, though. He was the reason why they lost. He couldn't get anything going until the fourth. All right. So, Ravens will be four and two after this week. Um, Hopefully, Bills beat the Titans on the road, fourteen to seven. Bills improved to four and one, three and zero for the first time on the road to begin a season since nineteen ninety three. Jim Kelly. Fun fact. The Titans dropped two and three, but they're still in the mix. I don't get this Titans. They're so how do they go? How do they go? They score forty some points in Week One against, at the time, a favored Browns team. Their defense two seven points against the Buffalo. Like what? Their defense is low key good, and I think that the problem that they have is you talk about the Titans. Yeah, I can't hear. I, I can't I stand think, it. They're, they're I think such a weird team. They, they need a new quarterback. I think yes. That's it. Oh yeah. They, uh-huh. Because they got everything else. I mean, they got the running back. They got the receivers. I will say A.J. Brown. I think the receiver A.J. Brown Brown, is very – Corey Davis. Delaney Walker is still there. Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis tandem. I just don't get the Titans. They score a lot of points one weekend, and they can't even get more than a touchdown. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. New England beats Washington 33-7. Jay Gruden. Gone. Yeah. Moment of silence there for Jay Gruden. It's funny when they fired him. They had to fire him at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. He kept saying yeah. Like, <laughs> they called him in, right? And they called him yeah. into the office. I guess it was part of the punishment as well. It was part of the firing. Keep That's coming in until the key stops working. Yeah, you know when it gets to that point, you know the key ain't going to be working on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> at 5 in the morning. I though. don't know who we're starting Sunday. I don't know. Keenum, McCoy, Haskins. Who's it going to be? Because he never wanted Haskins, so he's left in between. And he's the only quarterback that he's ever loved that's been on his roster is Colt McCoy. I mean, that's just no. He's been through all. Yeah, Cole McCoy's he, been through all the quarter. He never liked RG three. He never liked Kirk Cousins. And Cole was there for those guys. And RG. Cole, Cole McCoy was there all those years. If it was up to Jay Gruden, Colt McCoy probably would have been the starter all those years. I'm high on Haskins. I was. You guys know this, but now I'm, I'm still, starting to. I still am, but I'm starting to get like, oh, like if he's still on this Redskins team yeah, with this that's management, what that's what it is. That's where I get worried. So, the Broncos. Pull one out of a hat and beat the Chargers on the road somehow, some way to give Vic Fangio his first win as an NFL head coach. With Melvin Gordon back, although Eckler had majority of the touches, what went wrong for LA? The Chargers are horrible. They are horrible. 
What they have one? What do they have? One win on the season? Two wins? They're two and three. They are horrible. They have, I wouldn't say they're horrible. No, no, no. no. They, I wouldn't they're, say they're horrible. They're horrible. Mike Williams has been hurt. Mike Gordon's been hurt. Gordon has been hurt. Gordon held out, and Mike Williams was only hurt for one game. They still got Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. They still got Philip Rivers in that offensive line. Yeah, without Hunter Henry, Hunter, their top your tight, tight end. end. Big security blanket for Rivers. That's not the reason. Line's been hurt. Easy games. Mike Pounce, I think, is Mike Pouncey or Mike one of the Pouncey twins. On the AR. Uh, IR. IR. You can't blame. <sighs> and you, right. of course, Derwin James. Is that like the best, one of the best safeties in the league? That's still no. I think it's just all injuries, really. Because if I. And injuries and the holdout with Gordon. No, because even with Gordon, they still can't play. They gave their first win to uh, Denver. So, moving on, because we're. Beginning a little short on time. Packers beat the Cowboys on the road 34-24 to to improve the 4-1. Aaron Jones with a four rushing touchdowns, most by a Packers since 1999. Rodgers finally got that running back. Does this show us how good the Packers are, or are the Cowboys just a mediocre football team middle of the pack? I don't think it's either. I really don't think it's either. Because I don't think the Packers as a team – I don't think the Packers as a team – Dak is not good. Or Dak, I think Dak is good. I think Dak's good, I think and Dak's I think it fine. shows more the Packers are. I still are. think the problem is you you go down, so you go to the coaches, right? Jason Garrett, We all, I think we all could agree, Jason Garrett is not a good head coach. If it was up to any of us, I think Jason Garrett would have lost his job two, if not three years ago, and they would have hired somebody else. Yeah. They got a rookie offensive coordinator in there. I mean, they played the Saints a couple weeks ago. Everybody wants to blame Dak. And Ezekiel. Gallup was back this last week. Ezekiel Elliott only had two yards per carry. And that's the guy who decided to pay. I mean, I I get it. The quarterback is at the helm of everything. But defense also at fault. Defense is also at fault. You had Green Bay at home, and you allowed Aaron Jones to score four touchdowns in a game. That's on behalf of the defense. I get it. Dak had a couple picks that were bad, but I don't, I don't think they're a bad team. And now that... Green Bay, I think Devontae Adams is out long-term. He's out long-term, yeah. That's going to hurt them tremendously. Packers will make the playoffs this year. I think because the division is bad. I think they got Detroit, and that's about it. The Bears aren't anything if Mitch Trubisky – even when Mitch Trubisky is there, they're really not Yeah, at first I was high on the Bears, but now I'm not. And the Vikings are nothing. And uh, the Lions are – again, they're also probably right behind the Titans as a questionable team as well. (laughs) And know, but I think it does show that you know because we've said for with Rodgers that he's never really had a consistent running yeah. back, yeah. and now at least with Aaron Jones, it's starting to show that hey, if you give me a consistent running back that can get me, not saying four touchdowns a week, but like something, <laughs> if you just get your yards, yeah. And I think it just shows. I mean, the, I think it just shows more the Packers are a better team than what we expected. I think the defense is what's better. I don't think well, that defense is so very improved. Yeah. Darius Smith, Smith, Adrian Zedaria Amos. Smith. Adrian Amos. Very improved. Jair Alexander is mm-hmm. really nice. Dak did throw three picks against them. They have a good defense. The Colts beat the Chiefs on the road, 19-13. to The Colts' defense holds Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs to 13 points. Incredible. It is incredible. And the defense, leading rusher for Kansas City, had 23 yards. Yeah, Damian Williams is back. Did nothing. Nothing. Their yep. leading receiver... By Ron Pringle. Who? Is he like their fourth string receiver? No, that would make him like a fifth or like even a sixth. Because they got McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins. 
Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill. Hill. Don't sleep on the Colts. This team. No, I've said it with <laughs> Jacoby no, Brissett. Foss, I think Foz is the only one who actually picked the Colts to make the playoffs in the beginning of the yeah, year. Yeah, because I said Jacoby Brissett is not. He's a better quarter than people give him credit for. He was good. I mean, he was learned from Brady on the Patriots. He came in with just a week to learn the Colts playbook and just played the whole year. Solid. And now that he's fully been with the system, I, I think he's a very good quarterback for this team. I think it's no like they didn't take a step back with Luck retiring. I think the only problem is that I think now you're starting to realize that the wild cards in the AFC, really the only teams, because there's a lot of bad teams in the AFC oh, this yeah. year, let's be real. Like The Bills, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Chargers, and Texans. then the Raiders. Texans will probably win the division. Any, any of oh, the AF, really AFC South, any the second yeah. team. A, any, a, AFC South, Bills, Browns. Yeah. Chargers. Seven teams. Not Chargers. Chargers. I mean, even Oakland's better than the Chargers right now. Anyway. Uh, and then the 49ers beat the Browns 31-3 to on Monday Night Football. Jimmy G and the troops. Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, two, nearly two 100-yard rushers. Love to see it. George Kittle, first touchdown of the season, and that brings us to week number six. And our quick pick segment with 15 minutes to go, right on cue. Oh, yeah. So, me and Fonz, uh, I'm fulfilling last week's punishment since Fonz missed week four and five. He's here fulfilling the week three punishment. Backwards close. So, this week, we all picked the Patriots to beat the Giants. Two of you picked them as your lock. Kyle and James. Yeah, guaranteed points. Sadly. Really should have thought about I thought that through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I would agree. But I'm confident that the Cowboys will beat the Jets on Sunday. Oh yeah. Well that yeah. That's probably the only And Fonz is very sure. confident that the Ravens will beat the Bengals, and I think so are the rest of us here. So Panthers and the Bucks in London at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Kyle Allen, four and oh. Since 2018, the Panthers are 0 and 9 in all their other games. What do you mean all their other games? With that without Kyle. Every game that Kyle Allen has not started in the last 13 games, oh, the Panthers have lost. Because Kyle Allen started like week 17 last season, so that yeah. counts toward yeah. And we all have the Panthers in this game. We all have Kyle Allen outdueling Jameis Winston. I think it's gonna be tight. I think it's going to be tight. Oh, yeah, well, of course. Well, Christian McCaffrey is just... Bengals at the Rams. uh, Ravens. The Ravens lead the NFL in rushing. And scoring. Offense this season. (laughs) That that 50-pointer in uh, in Miami, that helps. (laughs) We all pick the Ravens. Yeah. Seahawks at the Browns. Russell Wilson has won five straight games against the AFC North. And we all picked the Hawks. Clean sweep again. Saints at the Jaguars. At TIAA Bank Field, it's going to be bumping in Jacksonville. But Teddy Bridgewater has won six of his last seven road starts. And we all, in cohesion, picked the Saints on the road to beat Jacksonville. I don't it know if to- Alvin Kamara is playing this week, though. So. Yeah, yeah, I think no. he's a game-time decision. I it don't was know. a toss-up for me regardless, yeah. but I kind of just went with the the hot hand with Teddy Bridgewater. 
I have Alvin Kamara on my fantasy team. <laughs> Texans against the Chiefs in Kansas City. That's the best game of the week. Does the Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, this is the first time they were playing it against each it's other. It's going to be a really way. good game. Does this have a potential Brady-Manning effect for years to come? Uh, too, early, uh, no. too early to say. Maybe. Down the, I mean, when you look at the best young quarterbacks, you would say. Mahomes Watson easily that conversation, but I, maybe in a couple of years you can say it. I think that the Chiefs will continue. I think the Chiefs got this game only because they just have uh, the Texans have absolutely no offensive line to protect him. Well, we're split here, guys. Yeah, me and Kyle picked the Chiefs. Fonz and James picked the Texans. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is fifteen and zero in non primetime games throughout his career. Damn. Redskins at the Dolphins. This is the Super first. Bowl. Yeah, or the Dog Bowl. Uh, the first matchup of Toilet winless bowl. teams. Yes. The f- this is the first matchup of winless teams in week six or later since 2004. And Damn. we all... Am I reading that right? Yeah, Fonz. Listen here. Repping Jarvis Landry. Yeah, oh, listen. My. You have some explaining to do. Listen, I... If the Redskins were somewhat of a confident team for the past couple of weeks, I would have said Redskins, but Dolphins are coming off a bye. New coach for the Redskins. I don't know who's starting a quarterback for the Redskins. They're all Case over Keenum. the place. Case Keenum is starting. Case Keenum is starting. I just feel like if the Dolphins – this is the only time I'm probably going to ever even pick the Dolphins. If they need to win any – if they can win any game, it would be this one. And I'm just going to go out on the limb with this one. I want to make it interesting. Fonz, if you lose this week, you're going to look back at this game and just say, damn. Yeah. Well, I also have him as my upset. All right. Just oh, for – just yeah. Just More listen, points. Oh, I, my God. I am risking it all here on the Miami Whoa. Dolphins. <laughs> I just I think this is the better opportunity here. <laughs> the Redskins are just all over the place. They're 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 an incompetent team at this point now, especially after firing. What are the Dolphins though? The Redskins also have actual NFL players on their team. The secondary <laughs> that features Landon Collins, Josh Norman. They have Quentin a good Dunbar. defensive front and they have a good offensive line. I think it helps extent. the Dolph- Dolphins. Are, I don't know. I, maybe I'm going. Come maybe on, I'm crazy, man. but. Just got back. You're gonna stack another. It's just the Dolphins are. This is, this is I already worst. have to make up a punishment. Might as well just Spend stack on up the, the worst they've been the in a while. Uh, but we'll God. see. The Dolphins are home though, so maybe uh, maybe the Miami Sun will play in their advantage. Maybe it's their best chance to win a game if they want to win a game. I don't know. Eagles at the Vikings. Second leading rusher in the NFL, Dalvin Cook, against the top-ranked run defense in Philadelphia. In this game, we are split. Me and Fonz picked the Vikings. Kyle and James picked the Eagles. That's it. You just said it, right? Top-run defense in the NFL. Kirk Cousins is forced to throw the ball. What happens when Kirk Cousins is forced to throw the ball? No bueno. No bueno. And, and, and Adam Thielen is a question mark now. So I just think the Vikings are home and they have Dalvin Cook, and they could keep the Eagles off the field if they get him going because – Although this is Philadelphia's strength, you know that's what the Vikings are going to try to do. They're going to try to do play action with Kirk Cousins. And I think the Vikings have better weapons than Philadelphia offensively. I do. Dealing and Diggs. Yeah, but they don't even use Rudolph anymore. They don't even use right. a tight end anymore. All right. 49er, uh, I'm sorry. Falcons at the Cardinals. This is tough, but uh, I'm pretty sure we all went the Cardinals in we a did. clean sweep. We all have wow. the Cardinals this one. 
49ers at the Rams. Shanahan against McVay. And we are split. Myself and Fonz picked the Rams. Kyle and James picked the 49ers. My reasoning for picking the Rams is that Jared Goff plays a lot better at home. Mm -hmm. The Rams are mad. They just lost 10 days ago. They've had a lot of time to prepare, but the 49ers are on a short week, and That's they why I'm are banged up offensively. I see this as a loss for them, being that they are on the road. If this game was in San Francisco, we might be talking a different story. Yeah, no, I mean, I did say the 49ers are my team of the week, but I think, like you said, short week, Rams had extended week. Goff plays better at home, like you said. I mean, the, the girly injury is still, you know, it's like it's— And Brady Cooks. Yeah, and Cooks, you know, but they still have other, like you said earlier. And yeah. the keeps the leave, too. Wow, yeah, a lot more than I thought. Well, with the, the Rams still have Corey Littleton, uh, Hager, that new guy that they have. Um, they have names on that defense. Dante Fowler. Clay Matthews has a broken jaw. Clay Matthews is going to be out, who was big for them. Moving on, uh, your Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to somehow win this game, too. If I didn't score like 30, it's going to be 36. Because I was at Sacred Heart Homecoming on Saturday. <laughs> and there was a guy wearing a Marcus Mariota jersey there. Dedication. And my, my friend Paul just turned and we looked. <laughs> and we all cringed. We're like, whoa, that man does not belong here in that jersey. I don't get this. Tight. I still Tennessee. don't get him. I, I brought it up because I know you love talking about the Titans, Fonz. <laughs> The Titans' defense has allowed just 15.2 points per game since 2008. That is the lowest in the NFL. Has allowed 15.2? Yep. That's good. That's good. I still got the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> I like Philip Lindsay a lot. And we were in cohesion. We all picked the Broncos. Next game, Cowboys-Jets. We all picked the Cowboys. No debate there. Steelers and the Chargers. Steelers are at L.A., we all picked the Chargers. Against Devlin Hodges, that makes sense. However, the Chargers have lost four out of their last five primetime games. Mm -hmm. This will be the Sunday night football game. And lastly, the Lions and the Packers, the winner of this game, will be in first place in the NFC North. And we all picked the Pack. Go, Pack, go. I picked the Cowboys as my lock, and the Saints as my upset over Jacksonville. Shocking how they're an upset by a point or two, but they are on the road, so that makes sense. Yeah, I had to double check because I'm like, oh, really? They're the yeah, upset. But... They are. I was shocked, too. I, I saw the lines. I'm like, yeah, you see it there, right? They yeah. are the underdogs. Patriots were a lock for Kyle. He got that right, and he picked the Seahawks as his upset. Fonz picked the Ravens as his lock, and going out on a limb here, the Dolphins as his upset. I like to take risks. Let's go. Let's go, Miami. James already won his lock with New England, and his upset is the Texans Fins up. to beat the Chiefs. So, let's go over the rankings. Last week, Kyle Russo was the winner at 8-7, and seven, but he, I'm sorry, James was the winner at 9-6 and six with 10 points. Kyle Russo is the season leader with 57 points. He has been the leader since week one. He finished the week eight and seven. Fonz, you were nine and six. Just a point out of first place. I was seven and eight with eight points. We look at the point totals through six weeks. Kyle is at fifty-seven. James is at fifty-five. Fonz is at fifty-one. I am at fifty. 
Kyle, Fonz, and James all have identical records of 47 and 30. I am at 43 and 34. And that's where we are at at week number six. What is, uh, what is our biggest take here heading into week six? Don't bet on the Falcons. Don't bet on the Dolphins for quick picks. Yeah. Don't do that. Oh, I hope they crush <laughs> the Redskins do here. <laughs> Don't do that. But uh, in all seriousness, final take, obviously, the Yankees against Astros tomorrow. I'm just hoping to see a good game. Uh, I want to see neck-and-neck neck game. I'm not expecting high scoring. I think the pitching is going to be there from both sides, kind of on the same level. Maybe Greinke may be going a couple more innings, but the Yankees have a deep enough bullpen where they could pull Paxton out early. I, I think it's going to be real competitive, and I think the Yankees are going to pull away with a, a win in this game. I really do. Thank you for your NFL Week 6 take. <laughs> oh, I think you said your final take. <laughs> I thought you said your final take. Oh, man. I could have sworn you said final take. NFL take. <laughs> Anybody who's topping off the Daniel Jones bandwagon, just just stay on it. He played two of the top three defenses in all of football with no weapons whatsoever. It's going to happen. I hope Kyle Allen has a good week because I'm going to be at NBC bright and early Sunday morning working the uh, Panthers-Bucks game, 9 o'clock a.m., London. Uh, you know, And I've got to say, right now, the Patriots, Saints, and the Seahawks are the three best teams in the NFL. You can't even put the Chiefs in the top three because of the way Pat Mahomes' play has digressed these last couple of weeks. I mean, a lot of people forget he was not a rookie last year, but it was his first year starting. Mm -hmm. This is technically his sophomore campaign in his third year. He is having – he still hasn't thrown an interception this season, but right now Russell Wilson is the MVP. And you look at the Seahawks and the Saints, what do they have in common with New England that the Chiefs don't? They have defense, and that's what wins championships. They have the two best defenses out of – the playoff contending teams in the NFC with San Francisco not too far behind. But that's my take. Any final thoughts before we uh, sign off, guys? At least for me. That's what I thought you said. That's what I thought you said. I thought you said final thoughts. Well, just quickly, I think this is definitely, for the Falcons, this is like, I think you're going to definitely hear rumblings of like Dan Quinn and the coaching staff slowly being like, oh, they might be let go at some point during the season. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they perform against the Cardinals this Sunday. I agree. By the way, bottom of the sixth inning, Nats still up one nothing over the Cardinals. Anibal Sanchez is dominating. Has not allowed a hit over the first five innings. So the Cardinals are being no hit in this game. There is a no hit wow. watch out there. Nice. So on that note, on behalf of Kyle Russo and Fonz DeFalco, I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Tune in next week as James Montefusco fills in for me again. I know you guys will both be here as well. Yes. On that note, we thank all of our Facebook Live watchers for tuning in this evening and all of our listeners on liuwave.org thank you very much you've been listening to review and preview here on the wave the sound of liu have a good night everyone one two three uh.